Podcast party people. Um, I'm hungry, so I, I I probably won't make this take too long. But um, I'm recording this series about um common religious themes based on an outline that I posted the outline and discussed in a previous episode. So. If you want those details, you can listen to that or find that outline in the show notes there. And um, this episode, we're going to talk about philosophies. That's the category. That's the name of the category that I chose. But basically that that is kind of covering concepts like good and evil. The concept of control or kind of practice of control um and then you know how things change from maybe like the origin of a belief system or religion to maybe nowadays through uh different occurrences um i do want to talk a bit about profits uh like not profit money profits but like profits like profits like prophetic people like Jesus, Joseph Smith, Moses, uh, those kind of people. Um, Humans that had some other thing going on where they were um, basically these humans that had some other stuff going on were considered prophets. Uh, by some, but not by all in the world. Um, so usually, <clears throat> I mean, I can start with the prophets part. Um, no, no, no. I'm going to start with the good and evil part. Um, so the good and evil part, you see this in a lot of religions. Most religions will have a set of things that, that if you do these things, you're breaking the rules. If you do these other things, you're not breaking the rules. We want you to do more of this and less of this. There's usually that. Um, Right and wrong, good and bad. um, And, you know, of course, there are going to be people in every religion that might not believe exactly what the religion teaches about what's good and bad or what's right or wrong. Um, but overall, I think most religions and most belief systems and even non-religious people, uh, believe similarly in a lot of things like, uh, even in anthropology, they teach about it, but I think things like, you know, you're not supposed to date or have children with your siblings or family members like that like that's one thing that you see across most cultures you know I mean usually maybe first cousins second cousins you know those types of people might not be off limits but in in some cultures but then siblings parents 
aunts, uncles, you're usually not, you know, considering these people as someone you're going to marry. Whether or not it's a religious belief or just a belief of, you know, where you live, you're usually not doing all that. Um, Step-siblings might be like like an alternative way of thinking about things, Uh, but they're not blood relatives, so at least usually they're not, so um, step-siblings, but, yeah, that would be one example of something that, like, nobody's gonna usually have to tell anybody, don't do that. Murder, killing, usually people are gonna be like, no, that's not okay for you to go kill people, uh, especially when it's outside the confines of war, uh, and there are groups of people that don't believe in war, going to war, but there are groups of people that believe, you know, war is the exception, if you're gonna kill, war or maybe self-defense but otherwise you can't just be killing people to get your needs met like that's not how this is going to go um killing is another thing that's kind of off limits um but i say kind of because there is that exception of like war and things like that where it's like yeah i mean the bible talks plenty about not killing but how many wars are in the old testament like there's so many wars going on battles or whatever you want to call it like there's a lot of killing going on um even within genesis at the very beginning there's already killing happening um you know you know god kills an animal you know to make you know animal skins for adam and eve after they eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of they eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They didn't have clothes before then. And then they tried to whip something up with some leaves. And then God was like, let me make them something and sacrifice an animal. So we didn't even get that far into the Bible. And there's already animals getting killed. And then, you know, Adam and Eve have kids and one of them kills the other one. It's like, that that's already just like the next generation is already killing people you know and so i don't even know like they didn't get that far and they were brothers and one of them killed the other one like so it's like okay we can't even get like one set of babies out without having to deal with like murders and things like that and the story isn't like super clear Um, there's a lot of reasons why people say, you know, there was that killing, like, out of jealousy, or whatever. Um, I'm talking about Cain and Abel. Um, I couldn't remember the name. But yeah, uh, Cain kills Abel, and, um, yeah, Cain is basically kind of like banished and I guess is told that you know he has a mark in him so that nobody can kill him and it's kind of like an interesting story because it's like well who's gonna kill you if nobody's there yet like you know Adam and Eve it doesn't say much about Adam and Eve you know like they have Cain and Abel and 
you know, Cain kills Abel, but apparently Cain's worried that other people are going to kill him. And it's like, well, we didn't mention any other people. We mentioned Adam and Eve, and we mentioned Cain and Abel, and Abel's dead, so what does he think? His parents are going to kill him? Or, like, I don't really know. Like, if we're taking it literal, but it sounds like there were other people out there already by the time Cain and Abel were around, you know, because God puts him somewhere else and tells everybody else to leave him alone. And it's like, who else, who else is there? You know, like what's going on? And so I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into a whole thing about it, but it's like, I, I, this is how I am. You know, I already get confused at at the very beginning. It's like, there's already stuff that we need more explanation here. Like, I feel like we're missing some pages. Like, what's going on, you know? Um, but, yeah, like, uh, trying to stay a little bit more on topic. Um, there is this concept of good and evil. And there are definitely a lot of things that we're taught to not do. Um, and then there's stuff that, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that's controversial, that is cultural and taboo and people will say it's wrong and they'll put a reasoning behind why it's wrong but not every culture feels the same um someone being lgbt that's one you know lgbtq plus people you know that is one controversial thing there are some cultures that could not care less which genders are dating people or which person wants wants to say they identify or feel like they are which gender or whatever. Like in some cultures, that's not really like an argument. Like nobody cares. It's like, okay, like you're, you know, whatever. Like, it's not really like a big deal. You know, nobody's, nobody's sitting around having like in-depth lengthy conversations about these things. Cause it's not really a taboo. It's not a problem. And other people, like you can't even be in the same building with them you know, because they'll flip out, uh, you're not even supposed to be in here, you're not supposed to associate, and if you are socializing, you're, you know, not supposed to do it that way, you know, it's like, you know, some groups don't even think that you should socialize with people outside of your own religion, without your, with, like, out of your own group of people, there are a lot of groups that are, uh, pretty much, like, we don't even want you talking to other people like you need to only stay with your own kind unless somebody converts to what you are you can't really be having best like having them over being besties like and if even if you can be friends with them you're still not supposed to adhere to what their culture does you're still supposed to stick to your own culture like for example the Amish um there are even Amish people who have gone to public schools and it, I don't think there's a rule that says they can't be friends with one another. Like, they had the same classes and stuff. And even from the people I've heard speak about it, it sounds like the Amish would maybe keep more to themselves within their own group of people. But I'm pretty sure there might be people out there who would be like, it. there wouldn't be anything wrong maybe with your public school friend coming over to your Amish house as long as they follow all the rules, you know. They could maybe hang out with you on the farm or in your parents shop or whatever you're doing like I'm pretty sure there would be Amish families that would be open to that but as far as your own kid going over to some other kid's house from like a public school or even any other religion or any other any other group of people that's not Amish you know 
a lot of Amish people would maybe say that's probably not the best of ideas because they have other things that they're going to be doing that you're not supposed to be doing, you know, um, you know, watching TV, you know, going on the internet, all that kind of stuff. But would they say, oh, can you go hiking together? Are you allowed to go hike? Are you allowed to go fish? Are you allowed to go swim? You know, like if it's all out in nature or whatever, and you were able to do it with people from your own Amish group, like, would you be allowed to go and partake of these activities with a, with a friend from public school if you weren't, you know, involved with technology and things like that? Like, would that be okay? So there's always, like, these rules, right? There's always these rules that somebody's like, don't do this, don't do that. And that's kind of where the control comes in. The control comes in when there's different people saying all these kinds of different things. Uh, We're trying to control. Everybody's trying to control, you know. Everybody's. um, Not everybody's trying to control, but everybody's kind of like. I think there's like a participation on the side of the congregation or the believer to adhere to what somebody else said they should do. Follow it um, with the goal of remaining part of a community. I think that's ultimately where religion gets people. Is because there's a community and humans have such a natural need and desire for survival reasons to be part of community. Um, Whether that's religious or not, you know, you want to be a part of something, some group of people. Um, And so I think a lot of these religions, a lot of religions out there use that part of human nature now, there are people who don't like to be around people. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, a lot of these religious groups and leaders um, use that human desire of people wanting to be a part of a community and they start saying, okay, these are the traditions you have to follow. Otherwise, it might be hard to be part of that community because people are going to complain at you. They're going to complain about you. Like, you can't just do whatever you want. You have to follow at least some of the rules or at least be respectful of them. You can't just do what you want to do when you want to do it, right? Like, most of us know that the majority of, you know, say I'm living in California, right? Weed's legal. I can legally smoke pot, you know. Say there's no kids around and... I want to go into church and I decide to get there early. You know, I would know maybe don't be openly drinking alcohol in the parking lot or right outside the door. Um, Don't be openly smoking, even though you can, it, it might be, I mean, the church I grew up in, like cigarettes weren't really something that they would promote, but I would say you could probably get away with smoking a cigarette um, more than you could get away with you know, drinking a beer or, um, uh, 
you know, smoking a blunt or whatever. Um, smoking a bowl, whatever you choose to do. Um, those things might not be considered like a normal thing to do. Uh, say you go in a movie theater, right? I don't know about you, but I've gone to movies before where I have, um, um, you know, gone into the theater, you know, brought my own food with me, maybe some Subway. I used to have like these, uh, a sweater that I would just kind of wrap my, you know, take off my sweater and just kind of bundle it up under my arm and, you know, carry whatever I wasn't supposed to be showing, um, carry it with me, um, into the movie theater. Cause nobody would really ask. Um, and so I would, you know, put a sub sandwich in there, kind of fold it up, fold my jacket over it, kind of roll it up. So it just looks like I'm, I've bundled up my jacket and I'm carrying it. I mean, they probably knew there was a sandwich in there, but they're not going to make you go. Like if they see you just openly carrying Subway or a bag or like some beverage or something. But say if I was in a movie theater and this isn't a theater that sells drinks, but say I'm not in a child's movie and I'm there on like a Saturday night or Friday night, something like that. And I decide I want to bring my own can of something. Say if I want to bring a can of soda and I open a can of soda. That's a distinct noise, right? Or, you know, somebody thinks I'm opening a can of soda and they look over and they realize it's a can of beer. And I'm just sitting there drinking it. I'm not being belligerent. I'm not being problematic. You know, this is a movie where there's not really supposed to be kids in in the movie anyways. And I'm just sitting there drinking my beer, you know. I don't think anybody would really go complain to an usher about this kind of thing. You know, I don't think it would really draw much attention, right? I mean, it might draw a little bit of attention. I don't know. But I don't think it would be like, it wouldn't be like as if I was smoking a cigarette inside of the movie theater. Like nobody's probably going to complain to me. Maybe if I'm sitting right next to them and they smell the alcohol or something, they probably would maybe care. Maybe. But I think most people would not care that you bring your own food, that you do your own thing like that. Even if it is alcohol and they don't serve alcohol. Now, if you're at a place where they do have like a bar or drinks that you can buy, because I've been to movie theaters where you can buy beer and stuff. And like, that's a whole different story. You know, if they're if you're able to buy beer at a place and then you just bring your own beer, I don't think anybody's really going to say anything to you unless the staff catches you or something. Right. But take that whole scenario and start it in the middle of a church service you know, usually if you bring anything more than like a bottle of water, you know, or maybe like, you know, juice for like a kid or something like juice or milk or something like that for a kid. But once you're like an older age person, you usually are just drinking water and nothing else. Uh, you might have snacks, you might have gum, you might have I don't know, M&M's or Starburst or like a little bit of candy or something. But otherwise, you're probably not going to even be like eating like a Lunchable or a meal or a snack in the middle of the service. Right. And even opening a soda or any other beverage that's not a water, you know, opening a soda or opening 
alcohol or anything like that, somebody's probably going to be like, you can't drink this in here, you know? And so there's stuff like that that's like, these are just little rules where it's like, you kind of know better. You kind of know not to do that. Most people would know this probably isn't a place where people are going to want me to do this kind of stuff because most religions would frown upon members or visitors just kind of eating and stuff like that. Eating, drinking, and especially if you're not a kid anymore, you know, to be just like eating stuff. Now, I don't know how it goes if it's like, you know, maybe it's a long service or maybe there's like a break in the service or something where they greet people or they give you like a break or something. Maybe then you could eat like a snack, like a Snickers bar or something like that. Maybe nobody would say anything. But unless the, the you know, service is providing the food, usually you're not there to eat. Um, I only remember one time when, you know, I would go to The Rock in San Diego and I think during summers they had this like movie type of movie theme kind of church uh, where they'd show portions of movies to kind of like uh, invite different people to have more appeal to people who don't really go to church too and to show like popular movie themes and kind of relate it to the Bible a little bit or some kind of religious topic or you know social justice kind of theme and you know they'd use the movies to kind of introduce these topics and I remember specifically they gave us these little popcorn these little bitty popcorn um bags of popcorn for us to sit and watch these movies during the service um and I also know that you know sometimes they have um what do you call it um what do you call it when you have uh um uh, I don't know what it's called when you have like oh yeah like a like communion you know and you have the um like the wafer or the bread and the wine or the grape juice or whatever combination that's probably the only exception and it's not like a meal usually but that's probably the only exception to where I've seen people eat stuff that's not like kids Cheerios or like a piece of chocolate or a gum or some water or something like that like usually uh people aren't you know having all these other kinds of foods um and so yeah like even little rules like that like that's not really a big deal I think it's not a big deal like but people kind of know I probably wouldn't be allowed to drink this or eat this in in this service um and then there's a lot of other rules um that are like even more in depth you know like that, you know, people don't really have in common, you know, where it's like everything from who you can marry to who you can talk to, to all that kind of stuff. Like somebody's going to tell you that it's right or wrong, but there's always this, the buy-in, right? It's like 
those of us who have been a part of a religion or spiritual group of people practicing something, um, we kind of know how to fall in line, you know, otherwise, eventually, if you rock the boat too much, eventually it's going to become so uncomfortable, you know, though people will usually make it so uncomfortable that, you know, the person who thinks differently or acts differently and isn't following these rules is going to want to leave. So what people usually learn to do is hide the stuff that they're doing that's not according to the traditions or the teachings of the religion. They'll just go do it, but they hide it, right? Or they'll develop a, a sense of guilt and shame. And that's usually if they don't believe that they should be doing it, but they're struggling to not do it. Like, Say if you're part of a religion that doesn't eat meat and you want to eat meat or you're part of a religion that says no caffeine and you want to have caffeine or you're part of a religion that says, you know, don't use any kind of medications of any kind and then you want melatonin or you want uh, something to help you sleep. And so you go get something like that from like a CVS or whatever, Um, you know, a lot of times people will just break the rules because they're like, well, I'm going to do what I need to do for myself, you know, whether that's entertainment wise, fun wise, health wise, you know, comfort wise. They're just like, I'm not going to follow this rule, but they don't have any guilt about it. They just don't really tell anybody. They're just like, well, I'm just going to do it privately on my own and just not share with the masses that this is what I'm doing because I know they're going to tell me not to do it. But also, you know, I'm not losing sleep over it. I'm not losing sleep over the melatonin. I'm not losing sleep over having internet or buying a television or, you know, eating meat or, you know, I'm not losing sleep over these types of taboos and rules that I'm, that I'm breaking. And then there's the other types of stuff that, you know, maybe people, uh, and this can be any, any person can think any of these ways. Like there's, everyone kind of has their own maybe relationship and connection with certain types of rules. Um, um, with certain types of, of rules. So even something like eating meat that might not cause a lot of shame, for most people but some people are eating chocolate or something like that some people might be like oh this is really hard for me to not do and I really you know have a struggle with it versus somebody else who's like I'm just eating chocolate or eating meat or whatever just because this is what I want to eat and I really couldn't care less like you can never really fully tell like who actually believes that they shouldn't be doing it and some people are just like I'm just going to call BS on this one I really don't care I'm just going to do it anyways and just not really say anything. Um, so I think a lot of religions usually turn their head about that kind of stuff. They're usually like, all right, we know that there's going to be people breaking the rules. Um, we don't want you to break the rules, but there's usually going to be people who are going to be breaking the rules. That's a reality. Most places, I feel like there's no real um consequence like you're not usually going to get kicked out for breaking the rules in most religions you're not usually going to get 
you know, scolded. You're not usually, like, nothing's usually going to happen. Unless you're doing some major thing, like, like, you know, promoting bad behavior or doing something that's, like, really majorly, like, gonna rock the boat, then, yeah, I could see somebody saying that. Um... But yeah, you're not usually, you're not usually going to, um, have too much of an issue in all honesty with that kind of stuff. Um, so I would say there, there are groups where you, that are more strict And so they're more into controlling you and you really will get in trouble if you do actually break the rules up to the point of getting shunned or having to do some kind of, uh, some kind of slightly humiliating or more so humiliating type of act of either like confession or some kind of, uh, you know, task you have to do that may be might be, like, public, where you have to, like, admit what you did, um, to one or more people, uh, something like that, that's kind of, like, a little more accountability for breaking the rules, uh, but again, people buy into it, right, um, people buy into it, they're like, well, I'm willing to do this, because I believe in what the teaching said, If I believe in what the teaching said, which usually there's some kind of punishment for not doing the right thing, I'm going to want to try to do the right thing, even if that leads to the point of me still doing wrong things and having to go to some kind of embarrassing confession type of ritual or having to, you know, get reprimanded or yelled at or do some kind of penance or some kind of thing that's like not a positive experience for myself. I feel like only if a person believes in it, they're going to go and do those kinds of things that don't feel good to them. Like, if they don't believe it, it's fine, you know? When they don't believe any any of it, then it's there's, there's not really going to be an issue with that kind of thing. But when they do actually believe it, if they do believe, you know, in what they're being taught, then they're going to follow all these things. And usually there's somebody, you know, who's leading a local group of people to follow in a certain way, you know, um, and they're the ones that are kind of in charge, um, but they're not considered God or a creator or someone who had any role in your existence as a human, they're just maybe appointed by a higher being or somehow are able to lead or be given the opportunity to lead because they either went through some kind of schooling or, you know, went through some form of training or somebody out there decided that this person has authority over other people who joined this group, this worshiping group or this religious group or this belief system group somebody's in charge and somebody said it was okay. Um, and other people 
adhere to what they say. And even if they don't follow it, you know, there's not like an uprising every day, you know, where people are like fighting against this person to get them out of power. Like there's always somebody who's allowed to stay in power, you know, um, regardless of how, how they might be, if they're, if they're kind, if they're helpful or if they're just, you know, making everybody lose their minds and, you know, people will still let those kind of people stay in power, you know, um, and so there is this kind of understanding that one person's allowed to be in power or many people, one group of people is allowed to be in power. They are the holders of this information. They usually know more than everybody else or they're supposed to. They're supposed to be the ones guiding everyone. They can kind of change the rules or focus more on stuff than others. And that's kind of where you get into the human flaw of things that you have, you know, people in leadership positions that have their own sense of shame or their own sense of taboos. And that's where they start leading their specific congregation or group of people that is local to them to kind of focus more on the stuff that they want to focus on. You have that a lot, uh, where there's like maybe one main religion, but then like one group kind of focuses more on certain stuff than others. Um, like in Christianity, like definitely people focus on you know, trying to bring other people into the religion and, you know, trying to, um, you know, just pray and worship and, you know, follow what the Bible teaches and stuff like that. But then you have groups like the one that I was a part of that, you know, there'd still be, you know, groups of people arguing about the drum, the style of the drumming in the church, or can we even clap or you know, can women be ordained and all these other topics that are like other churches aren't necessarily focusing on these same exact topics, but this specific style of church is focused on it. You know, they are focused on these types of topics. Um, but not every church talks about the drums. Not every church talks about the meat. Not every church cares about all these kinds of things. Like, so you will find like specific groups of people who care more about certain stuff and less about other stuff. Um, I'm not just talking churches. I'm talking, you know, pretty much all religions. You know, there's going to be different denominations or different, you know, stricter believing people and people who are more lenient with it. Um, You're usually going to have all of these types of things going on at the same time. And that's why I kind of say, you know, there is some form of control, uh, but it's also control that for the most part, unless it's like some kind of group that has you like kind of almost captured, you know, like some Scientologists live in a building and they don't really make a lot of money and they're living kind of dorm style and there's people who can inform on them and you know, they don't really have privacy and safety and flexibility to kind of do whatever they want to do. Like, they kind of have to follow the rules. And if they get kicked out or want to leave, they can't easily leave because, you know, they don't have, you know, maybe um, enough money to move or, you know, that kind of thing. Or 
like with the Amish, you know, some people don't have social security cards. So leaving isn't the easiest of things. Um, because how are you going to leave if you can't get a house or you can't get a car or you can't get a job? If you have no verifiable information of who you are, I mean, unless somebody takes you in, you're completely undocumented. Um, and we all know how this country works with undocumented people, you know, it it doesn't help. Um, I mean, yes, there are ways around things, uh, you can get all the paperwork and stuff, but it's like, well, if you don't have a birth certificate and you don't have a social, and you, you know, you don't have a driver's license, you don't have an ID, you don't vote, you know, how are you going to run away? Like, you can't even get a job easily to support yourself. Like, unless you already have a connection or you have to have some of it, like you have to have like a social birth certificate, that kind of stuff. You have to have some of it. You can't just have nothing. So, I don't really know. Like, yeah, but there's definitely aspects of control. But the thing that I think when we speak about control, one thing that's so easy to forget is that while there is control, you know, most of the time people aren't being held hostage. And so the reason why they stay is because of the community. They are willing to put up with, controlling leaders, um, people that we don't even believe should be leaders sometimes, we're willing to put up with it just to be part of, part of the community, um, because otherwise, if we're not putting up with these people, it's going to be hard to be part of a community, so we kind of have to let certain things go sometimes, um, even if, even if it's not within our belief system or, even if we feel hurt by it, um, a lot of times we have to let it go. And so, yeah, that's just, you know, and then, yeah, so I guess the last part would be about, like, profits and those types of people. Like, a lot of times you see people, you know, uh, you see people come, uh, come up later on in, you know, some, some, basically, usually something happens in society, right? Something happens, um, not always, but usually, you know, everybody goes, um, everybody goes in, you know, um, And then something, you know, something ends up happening. Like, so a lot of times if it doesn't happen from the very beginning, from creation story to the beginning of like a tribe of people who kind of like know and are raised with certain stories and are just kind of born into it. And that just kind of stays the way that it stays. You know, a lot of times there are like prophets that come out of different generations of people and you know they're there for a time and they have something to say about how things have been going and what's been going on and that's how offshoots happen of different religions or different uh cultures of belief um 
one person is seen. Um, you know, and it, you know, they are given some kind of uh, ability to have some kind of, maybe some kind of power, or maybe some people don't even believe them in them, but there are people that believe in what this person says, and they're like, yes, the way that they're approaching this is right, we should go that direction more, if not completely go that direction, and then now there's a whole new religion out of it, but, you know, sometimes it's not a whole new religion, sometimes it's just certain people follow that way now and now these other people are still not feeling like that's new information that they need to follow so they just won't follow it anymore or they won't follow it they won't buy into it and they're like no I don't want to do that um and then other people want to do that that and they do want to follow but um yeah there's that and then sometimes there's um, like, sometimes prophets really can, like, rock a boat, you know, like, um, oftentimes, you know, it's like they come with a better message to try to improve something, and then there is some conflict between, like, are they right or are they wrong? A lot of times they might be challenging what's already currently going on with the control that's a very common theme that you see prophets coming out because of some form of control that's not working either within that current religious culture or with the outside culture. Um, you know, there can be prophets coming out, you know, that are speaking out against maybe some form of oppression from not even the religious culture, but oppression from without of the culture, but maybe that religious group is being oppressed by another group. And so there's a prophet that rises up and kind of calls out the mainstream, what to stay away from, from the oppress the oppressing culture, what to kind of like stay away from so that all of the people of us who are in this other religion can kind of keep moving forward um so yeah that's a big one um that's definitely a a big one but yeah um yeah when it comes to um religions and stuff that's kind of how I I would I would kind of approach like those types of philosophies and things um usually those are the areas where people start talking about all this stuff the good and evil the good and bad the right the wrong the who's in power and helping us do right or who's in power and you know making sure that we do the right things Um, usually people aren't just left to themselves to like, okay, this is the belief. Now you go believe it by yourself and go over there and be alone and go practice and follow by yourself. Like usually people want to do it with other people. Like most religions, people want to do it with others. They don't want to just have their own religion and 
solo just kind of have their own thing unless it's like a spiritual practice you can do that by yourself but I don't know if you can really have a religion by yourself like you kind of need a community to have a religion I think um but yeah you can have spiritual practices solo you don't have to be like with people for that but um I don't think I have more to say on this at the moment and like I mentioned, I'm kind of hungry. I want to go get my food and eat dinner and unwind for my night.